is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. My name is Brandon, and this is our second podcast of the day. Joining me again are Nick and Dan. Welcome back, gentlemen. I am a little bit delirious. A little. <laughs> Fucking punch drunk. It just, feels like it, guys. I was like eating chips out of a bag. I got a, like a sparkling water. I just, oh, Potter's been sacked. It's official, ladies and gentlemen. And we've been trying to figure out what to do. We did a live stream. We recorded a podcast. We actually thought it was really good, Dan. And we went ahead and posted it. Like, we're still trying to navigate this. It's a weird, weird time to be a Chelsea supporter. The, oh, the the worst day for a Chelsea supporter is still the would be the best day of a Tottenham supporter's life. So count your lucky stars that you're still <laughs> a Chelsea supporter versus supporting other London clubs. But yes, this has been the end of another chapter in Chelsea's managerial merry-go-round that sees us depart from Graham Potter six months later with the club in worse a worse state as relation to the play on the pitch, Nick, than he found it. Indeed. Um, I, we'll get into all that sort of stuff. I, I kind of just want to lead off the pod by saying, um, unlike some other accounts, Twitter accounts, podcasts, YouTube creators, I think most people who listen to our show know that we don't take these moments lightly. We aren't celebrating someone losing their job or other parts of the staff losing their jobs. It's a shitty thing to have happened. Um, it's bad karma and it's fucking immature. You know, I think it's fine if you didn't want him to be our manager. You know, there are plenty of people out there who are, you know, I think happy that there will be a change, but being happy that there's a change is different than gloating in celebration that someone has lost their job. And so I just, First and foremost, want to say that he seems like an awfully nice dude. And, yeah. we, you know, we have preached patience throughout this entire thing because I think the new owners want to do things a different way. Unfortunately, the results kind of led to this point. And, you know, Brandon, for me, I I got pretty turned off by the discussion around this today. Um, and I just wanted to say that flat out because it's a, it's a shitty way to live your life, I think. For sure. And uh, please don't confuse my punch drunkness to kick off the episode uh, is gloating. I'm not kidding when I say we're going on almost hour nine of covering the club today online <laughs> yeah, and offline. Seriously. And um, but yeah, I mean, that's what you get to expect with us. It's been a little bit. I don't know. It feels a little gross when when people are like uh, celebrating it. Um, but what we do have to discuss is obviously the fact that Chelsea football club, the one thing that we all can unite and love uh, has to figure out how to get through the last 10 games of the season, how to get through a quarterfinals matchup against Real Madrid um, and kind of what the future looks like. So again, I know like some of the Villa stuff is outdated, but if you skip to like 30 minutes, 35 minutes, that pod, it is all about Potter and kind of how, where we are in the situation and how we move forward. There's a lot of value in that. I think it's really going to give our perspective. We did, I did a live stream earlier, so I would say, like, there's a lot of us on record about that stuff that's not this. Um, so if you feel like you're missing part of the picture, please, please, please go back. Um, there's a, a lot of stuff that we put out around this. So 
Um, yeah, we'll kick it off with uh, Potter being officially sacked, and then we'll obviously evolve, grow into you know where we go from here with the board and uh, what they're going to do. So um, no gratitudes right now because we literally did them earlier today on this. Uh, so, Dan, I will turn it over to you, uh, not for a lineup this time, but actually a club statement. Yeah, people had been tweeting at the club after the end of the last match, and I think after several matches this season with the club statement graphic, and for those who were looking forward to seeing this image grace the Chelsea FC socials and website yeah, you got what you were looking for because it has happened and the announcement reads as follows chelsea fc has announced that graham potter has departed the club graham agreed to collaborate with the club to facilitate a smooth transition they talk about his time here taking us to the quarterfinal of the champions league we'll face real madrid chelsea would like to thank graham for his all of his efforts and contributions and wish him well in the future bruno Saltor will take charge of the team's interim head coach control co-controlling owners tabula and egg Bali, uh Bigod Edbali said, on behalf of everyone at the club, we want to thank Graham sincerely for his contribution in Chelsea. We have the highest degree of respect for Graham as a coach and a person. He has always conducted himself with professionalism and integrity, and we are all disappointed in this outcome. Start of a quote, along with our incredible fans, we'll be getting behind Bruno and the team as we focus on the rest of the season. We have 10 Premier League games remaining and a Champions League quarterfinal ahead. We'll put every effort and commitment into uh, every one of those games so that we can end the season on a high and that was the end of the official statement from the club adequate um punctual uh, remember this is uh no steve atkins comms department so there's new people new things think todd and but i'd like to um get involved in there and uh you know nick i in another pod that we did i uh, i did say that uh, i was hoping that we'd hear from Todd to to give us an idea whether or not he's going to stick with Potter or Twist. Well, we got a little bit of information, potentially. Um, do you feel like this shows that there is a line of no matter what at Chelsea, we have to be able to perform at a certain level and that not anything is acceptable in pursuit of progress or a project? Yeah, I think accountability goes all the way up, though, right? Um, you know, my former CEO said the shit rolls uphill, not down. And when things don't go right, especially when you take a big decision like sacking Thomas Tuchel and hiring Graham Potter, we need to hear from you. Right. It was your choice. And that choice is now the one that you made to release that person seven months into the tenure that you had this grand vision for. And, you know, I do think a combination of things made this come to life. I think the results have obviously not been there. We, we talked in the other pod that in the league, it's been seven wins, seven draws, eight losses, teams in 11th place. Um, their style of play is bad to watch. And the players have under... Yeah, it's, it, players have underperformed. Many little details go missed. And, you know, I think between... Reese and Koulibaly and Ruben and a bunch of players like going over to Graham mid game and saying, where the hell am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be doing? What's the plan here? It's clear that that wasn't going well. Um, you know, for, I think for me, Dan, there's a lot more that happens that we don't see. And so we don't know everything that went on behind the scenes, all these different conversations, how, you know, different personnel react um, to decisions that, Potter's taken, you know, we'll get some 
quotes later on from our journalist friends about some of the, the backroom stuff, but it kind of just felt like Saturday was the breaking point. And, you know, as much as we had preached patience and thought that he might get all the way till December of next year, you know, for Chelsea to have invested 600 million pounds in players and be in 11th place is, is just not it, unfortunately. So if I were to step back and try to examine the reason why now, because we've talked about this before, that it seemed like hell or high water, Chelsea were going to ride the Potter experience into the summer and head into the summer with plans to get into next season and really start to evaluate. Like, what's changed is probably the thing that, you know, is the question that still has to be answered. I think they're... If you're looking at the billionaire ownership group, and if I were just trying to make a case for like why, why now, I think there is a little bit of risk mitigation here in the way that the fan support had changed. The fact that we had reported chance of Potter being sacked or Potter out at the match this past weekend. The fact that players reportedly from you know some of our journalist friends and, and others within the media sphere reporting about players potentially being unhappy now that's happened with pretty much any manager who ever gets fired so grain of salt with that one but i think also from a commercial aspect you know the fact that you're potentially you know not going to be in the champions league again unless you win it this season so you're negotiating a new kit sponsor you're likely negotiating a new sleeve sponsor you have other commercial aspirations that you're using to bounce the books and so i think this just came to stepping back looking at the entire scope of the problem brandon and saying this no longer is just a footballing problem this is going to impact the entirety of the program and project and we just don't have a path forward anymore yeah, seems very reasonable. Uh, there's a lot going on. You know, they talked about stadium. You know, Bully's got big ideas about what he wants to do with the club. And um, he wants them to get to a billion dollars in revenue, you know, literally double the revenues. And uh, he's talked about it when he took over the club. The best way to do that is to win games and win uh, trophies. And um, unfortunately, we were not headed there. Uh, overall response to the announcement, I mean, just we don't need to do a three-word sacking announcement review or anything like this but like general sentiments do i mean i think it's pretty standard i think it's nothing special these are very non-emotive on purpose i do appreciate that i feel like we get a little bit of a sense from bullying and but out about kind of where they're coming from it's obviously not going to be comprehensive or, or a lot um but i think it's just um i don't know nick were you surprised uh, well, I, I will say I was, I was disappointed that this announcement came out during the women's game. I think that's mistimed and I think shows a little bit of disrespect for what that team was doing as they were playing. They were currently beating Villa 3-0. Three teams um, from the club played Villa this weekend, by the way. The 18s, the women and the men. 18s, 1-4-1. Women, 1-3-0. What happened in the other game? Is there any, Must be nice. Any, yeah. So, uh, we did a, a pod. You can go back and listen to it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I, so I was disappointed in that. I mean, I think, I think the prevailing wisdom here is that um, this job is rife with minds that you have to avoid. And I just do not think that 
it's the right fit for someone like Graham and his temperament and his style. I think as we got to the end of it, that is, that's kind of where I netted out. Um, and it's not just the, the shitty surface level stuff, like the quotes at the end of a game or any of that. Like, cause I think you can get used to that, but I think it's the, the, the style of, of building was just going to take too long. And unfortunately the club is at a crucial inflection point, as Dan mentioned with all these various factors that I don't, I don't even know if, if the ownership of the club realized how long long was going to be and how that impacts us going forward. I have some theories on because I am pretty adamant um, on, you know, kind of the style of the next manager. But I I think for me, Dan, it's, it's disappointing because he is uh, like truly a good guy. There aren't many that reach this level that are truly a good person. Um, And, it was a little refreshing to not have someone rant and rave after every single goddamn match about everything. But I think we need to find the balance between passion and pragmatism. And unfortunately, Graham didn't exude uh, that and the results didn't follow. There are plenty of times outside of the footballing sphere as well, where someone gets hired into a job and the job, the role, the individual just don't mesh the way it should. The interview might have been great. The resume might have been exceptional. The match looked great in every facet of the way for what you were trying to do. And after hiring that individual, it becomes clear that it wasn't meant to be. And I think, or it seems like at least in this scenario, that as much as it is a unfortunate ending, that we've we've ripped the band-aid off which was needed like admitting a mistake is a hard thing to do and so even when there's a financial component to it and maybe this is part of the risk assessment but the financial opportunity loss costs of like if you don't get rid of Graham Potter if you don't do this now if you don't have the opportunity to go hire x summer manager or x manager before you head into the summer when there are going to be more people vying for managers that maybe is another lost opportunity cost. But I think the end of the day, like it just feels it sucks that it didn't work out because this felt like something that would be really cool to have work. And I'm happy that we could get to a point where we're now done with it. We're kind of done with the experience. We're done with the experiment and we can make a decision on what that with, without the onus of having to do something or feeling like you have to do something immediately. Yeah. I, I would just add this too. Chelsea have, I'm going to say it, I'm saying this flippantly, okay? But this is the typical drug we go to at this point of a a cycle, right? Um, And I was really hoping that we'd break that habit. I was really hoping that we'd have a long-term fix. One, because he's not the only one that's underperformed. I think you have a whole group of players, management staff, recruitment staff that make a team go. It's not simply Graham Potter and Billy Reed that run the whole show and and the rest of it's unaccountable. Like he's, you know, again, he took on the risk. He got paid a lot of money for seven months of work and he'll get paid more in the severance. But like, it's not just him. That's the issue here. And I was really hoping that we'd break this cycle of like, fan discontentment and 
and player discontentment because we've seen that work to, you know, to our benefit and to our demise before, right? We've been through how many managers and how many years and everyone knows the gig. You, you come to Chelsea, you get a payday, you eventually get sacked. And I think what, 14 months is the average stay of a Chelsea manager. And then you're, and then, and then you get paid and then you get to go do something that's much less pressure in a better environment. And I know that's what's coming for Graham, but I was I was sincerely hoping, Brandon, that this would be a chance for us to to break that mold because I am I am a little envious of City fans and Pep. I am a little envious of Liverpool fans and Klopp that they just know who their person's going to be year over year. Even if every result doesn't go well or they don't win every trophy, there's that stability that kind of is interesting. It's it's like wanting something you can't have because we don't have that and we haven't had that for a long time and. It, New manager, interim manager doesn't solve some of the personnel issues that we have either. And so I think that's just something to like keep in mind as you're getting excited about the next guy. There's a lot to fix. Yeah, Phil tweeted that too. He was like, he had a big like, I'm sad thread. And it was like, I'm sad that we are going to go back to the knee jerk reaction when things don't go well. Uh, he's like, I'm sad that we're not able to have a long-term solution, you know, to this problem. And again, he wasn't saying like, I'm, that doesn't mean I'm blindly following Potter. He's just like, it sucks that this wasn't the solution at the right time or, you know, for all these other factors. He's, he's wants this long-term fix as well. Um, and he's not alone. I think I'm I'm impressed by a lot of the fans that are are starting to come around to say, you know what? Maybe the culture of the club shouldn't come from the manager. Maybe the culture should come from the club and the manager fits into that culture. And that's the harder game to play. Does feel like Bully's trying to change that. He has talked about culture. He is uniting parts of the club. Neil Bath has clearly been empowered. Emma Hayes has clearly been empowered. So I think it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Potter was a yes guy, so he was supposed to fit into whatever culture Bully was cooking up that month. Um, but we'll have to see. It's uh, It hasn't worked, and we have to start over. So the situation we're in, we said, hey, there's three, there's three options before the sacking. You ride it out to the end of the season with Potter. You remove him now. You replace him with the interim, which seems like that's what they've done. But they're open to replacing him with the permanent option, which was the option three. I don't know, you know, Fabrizio Romano is saying that Nagelsmann is, seems to be the front runner. Um, again, like that's. We'll get there later for sure. Yeah. We you know, all the options. It just seems like this is not the time to rush into something, especially after you've just failed because Bully and Bedad actually have done something that Roman never did. And that sacked two managers in one season. So, <laughs> wow. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. Like we say he's the most patient owner yet he sacked two managers in a season. So interesting. Yeah, it's, it's uh, we'll, we'll talk about the replacement and all that sort of stuff coming up. But I think yeah. the, the thing that I would say here as we kind of are in, in the option two situation, Dan is this next hire needs to be right. And they know that the pressure's on, you now have the full complement of your staff in place too at this point, not like a half and half or a mix. So I think there's a lot, a lot to do there, a lot to get right. And I think of all three options, this ends up being the best option, 
because we, we talked about this in our previous episode, the league, you basically have to win a couple of matches and, and you're, you're going to be where you are. I mean, that's, you have 10, 10 matches left. You're not winning the league. You're not getting in the top four. You're going to be decidedly mid table and, and deservedly. So based on your own performance, avoid the scrap in the relegation section. You're good to go finish seventh, eighth, whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Champions I mean, league is, is a long shot. You're a very at long shot. 2% probability of finishing six, 5% finishing seven, 13% of finishing eight. 22% of finishing ninth, um, 28% finishing 10th. So like you're, we're stuck, right? Yep. You know, so I think, you know, as we talked about him previously, the options were to stick with Potter, which didn't feel tenable, remove Potter and replace him with an interim option. So yeah, yes, we will talk about Bruno and then uh, either remove Potter or replace him with a permanent option, which would be very quick considering that it seemed like they were not going to make a move until very mid to late afternoon on Sunday based upon the reporting that was coming out late Saturday. And so we're at this point now and, you know, maybe we should kind of talk through like, you know, what were some of the things that were coming out? What kind of forced that decision, at least from the reporting that, you know, our friends kind of put out there. Wow. Speaking of forcing things, Dan would like me to progress. So in our ad break, thank you to the sponsors and we'll be right back. Are you missing out on your favorite shows because it's not available in your region? Trying to keep your private time private? Well, let me introduce you to NordVPN. If you're bored of the U.S. Netflix, why not just take it for a spin in the U.K.? Using NordVPN and a click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings them right to you. With 5,000 plus servers, no show is out of your reach. Using my link, nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue. You can receive a huge discount on a two-year plan with one month free. We all love to binge, but privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. They've also doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there's literally no risk to you with their 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, great. If you don't, they'll issue a refund, and you can pretend the entire situation never happened. Check it out. My link, nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue to get your subscription started today. You were saying, Dan? Look, there's plenty of reporting out there now. So, uh, you know. Kudos to them, by the way. Like, quote unquote, day off. off day. Matt, Naz. I've there seen is no s- day off with Chelsea. There is no day off. We know absolutely. that. Absolutely. Miguel Delaney has something out. Simon Johnson has. All the major publications have something out. And how quickly they assembled this. Because remember, didn't this uh, come out at like 8 p.m. in the UK? Mm, no, no it because it was before the end of the women's game. And so it's like 730. 7 Either way, yeah. Sunday evening, and they quick to ring up the sources and put this all together. So real, just at first, just a shout out to them. Uh, because without them, we would have no idea what the hell is going on I'm, until like at I'm least gonna tomorrow. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess some of them already had parts of this piece had a draft. Time. DPZ had a draft for sure. We're, he already admitted that. Oh no, we know it was, it's four <laughs> months old. Um, he has had to do a, a you know, control find and change of dates. Um, so for Matt's piece, so uh, Matt Naz and then Ben Jacobs had a comment that I thought was uh, interesting as well. 
Matt's piece said, Nick, many players who first heard it through the club's public statement on Sunday night, you had it was understood Chelsea will not have to pay the full value of Potter's contract, which would have been around fifty million, with their store over four years remaining on it, and that sporting directors Lawrence Stewart and Paul and Stanley were said to have led the decision with the full support of Bully and Egbali. Yeah, so I'll, I'll take the first thing first. I mean, the players are off today, so I mean, you're you're probably not going to rally them all together on a Sunday night when they're with their families uh, to talk about this. Um, I I don't think it's a great way to let people know, frankly, but I also understand that it's, it is what it is. They heard of a text tree before. Yeah. Just, Hey everyone, quick thing. No manager tomorrow. Get ready for training with Bruno. Like that's pretty much what you got to do. Um, on the, on the value of Potter's contract, which is, I think was a big concern that we had in the previous episode that is new. And that's interesting. Um, they also said that he left in the statement too. So I wonder if they just kind of came to an agreement on like, it ain't working thoughts and feelings. And because he's a decent human being just decided like, Hey, why don't we just work something out? Because it, you know, 50 million is prohibitive. Like that's a big, big, big amount of money. That's a life changing amount of money for him. Um, but I think that's another thing that's really interesting. And then I love this. I love the sporting directors making the call. That's what their fucking job is. They they are supposed to get together, not the owners. They're supposed to get together and make a recommendation to the owners. And when Stanley is formerly of Brighton, as we've said multiple times, Brandon, and for him to come to the conclusion that his former guy is not his current guy, to me is is pretty alarming on like like usually you'd see some loyalty there but I, I think this is the way the the system is supposed to work right yeah for sure I mean um is it yeah the wording's a little bit interesting um you know they probably had some clauses in the contract like no way Chelsea is just gonna get burned by signing uh Potter up for you know fully guaranteed with no outs or performance-based things you know it's like if they're putting that many performance clauses in the players contracts I guarantee they did something with him as well and so to your point I think this is like a, a mutual agreement situation um which doesn't really surprise me with Potter um and then you're 100% right like this is the new structure the owners didn't make the decision they approved it and they're trusting their people and we move on and on to the next thing. And I'm sure that they probably had to bring evidence and reasoning why and potential alternatives and what they could do for the rest of the season. And mm -hmm. here we are. So, like, this is definitely early signs of the new system in place and working. And again, it's a little goofy of co-sporting directors, but figured out. Like, they had to come to an agreement, and maybe that helps because there's a lot of tug and pull back and forth, and um, they're able to, to find common ground, and, and we move on. Uh, the old tug and pull, you know? Yeah, That's... I couldn't. I, like I said, I'm fried. What is it? What are we talking about? Push and pull, maybe? Yeah. yeah. What's the game? <laughs> tug of war? Yeah. That's what it was. It was tug of war and push and pull. <laughs> wow. Now, in hindsight, tug and pull actually sounds a little worse. Wow. So, anyway, Naz had comments from his piece where he talked about how some players made Harry Potter references and lacked respect for the manager who never had been or never before managed at an elite level, and then one senior source had said everything felt wrong. So two comments, you know, the fact that 
Look, I, I think all of us have made positive Harry Potter and uh, questioning Harry Potter references. I mean, I think that's just unfortunately uh, being British and having the last name Potter is probably just puts you in that camp. Like that's just, you can't run away from it. Um, I guess I'm not surprised, though, Brandon, that this type of stuff is coming out right as this is happening. It feels like stuff that was brewing in the background. I think uh, CFC Daily posted that he hasn't seen one player post a, like, thanks so much, Potter type of graphic or image. And I would have to go back to look at, like, who posted something when Tuchel was sacked or, you know, prior managers. Like, it, Whoa, it feels like that's really? probably pretty common when that doesn't happen. Um, and, yeah, look, it was also late. Like, the players might not have been paying attention. Like, it might not be their first priority in their life to, like, go post something on social media, like, directly after. Uh, you know, maybe it's their media teams or their PR company who drives it for them to do something. But that was something that uh, he called out as a item of note. Wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, one senior source saying everything felt wrong. I'm not dissing Naz, but like, that's so easy to say. Uh, and I, you know, again, is what it is. I, I think this player's lacking respect for the manager thing, though, is a problem. Um, and it's probably, you know, if you think about the long history of our manager situation, we've had incredibly experienced managers and we've had uh, kind of more green managers. And I think if you're a player that needs to be managed by Carlo Ancelotti to perform, that's a, that's a worrying sign to me. So I was just gonna say uh, about that, like Miguel Delaney's piece had that in there too, uh, talking about how um, international players actually had never heard of Graham Potter. And I hadn't thought about that, like, because we follow English Premier League, we know Potter from Brighton, but those players coming from outside of England, you know, not obsessed with uh, British managers in the Premier League, like, actually, that kind of makes sense to me, um, that he doesn't have that staying power as far as the name goes. You know, like, if he calls up Kai Havertz, you know, versus Frank Lampard back in the day, Lampard has a name. Um, and I, it's like, oh, that is interesting to think of, especially now that, you know, Chelsea are going to go back in the transfer market this summer. Is that enough to pull people in, even though it kind of seems like they're getting away from managers leading the transfer uh, strategy, which is good. Um, but yeah, you know, players just saying they liked him, but um, Miguel said a lot of them were even worried that he's a little out of his depth, uh, even though they liked him. They thought he's a great guy. They thought he was doing good things, but like, they didn't see that eliteness um, that they have seen, whether it's in an international or at other teams that they've been at. So, um, you know, those are things that are requirements of the job and you have to pull together. Would say it seems like, Dan, everyone liked him, more or less. Everyone liked him, at least as a person, and just felt like he couldn't get it over the line. That does seem to be the case. And again, I sh I'm sure... Then the next week, we are going to get a fair number of postmortems and interviews, likely off the record, that are going to culminate with some what happened during Potter's reign type of publication piece that will give us more detail and more information. I just think to me, like, I'm done. Like, you know, that that chapter's over. 
Like, there's an interim manager in, in Bruno who has a match against Liverpool on Tuesday, and there's a job to go appoint a new manager for the Chelsea men's team. So that that is, you know, I mean, I would say, you know, frankly, it's just like Potter's no longer our manager. Like, you know, we feel bad for the guy. We feel sad that it didn't work out. But all of these stories, anything that comes out after the fact, like, to me, that is part of history that doesn't need to be brought up again. It's not relevant. Fair. No, it, it, it does. It will feel like piling on. There, I'm sure there are players like Dennis Zakaria stupidly liked the club's post. And I think his account liked the post, like maybe let's be, be fair. Like, sure. You know, okay. Sometimes, yes. you know, you set up rules for things like that, where it auto likes posts or things of that nature, because that's what it does. But like, yes, that, that did happen. It's, it's a, it's a bad look, um, admittedly. So maybe let's change the rules up a little bit, but yeah, I'm sure we're going to get plenty of stories, you know, of just, all sorts of stuff. Players getting it off their chest. He was here for seven months, so I don't know how many stories they could possibly have. Maybe a lot, maybe a little. But um, yeah, I'm I'm with Dan. I don't care about him. I don't need to view him. You know, no offense to Naz, Matt, or anyone else who writes those postmortems. That's just not for me uh, because it doesn't matter. It's not what is in front of us. We have 12 matches through the end of the year. That's what matters. And so my hope is that as we go into our, our next section that we start to look ahead and figure out what the right solution is going to be. And, you know, it's, it's just been a year of craziness at Chelsea. I'm fucking tired, man. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm seriously tired. Like this is, we've been covering this club for years. <laughs> seriously. We've been covering this club for almost nine years. And the last year has been absolutely fucking insane. Yeah, going all sanctions, the way back to the sanctions. Sale, yeah. you know, everything. Summer tour, multiple managers in a season, World Cup, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is, uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward. Yeah, I would say um, also it's easy to, like, judge things in retrospect. I think a lot of people would be like, oh, yeah, well, that wasn't, that didn't make sense, this and that. Doesn't matter, right? Like, in the moment, a decision had to be made. It was him. He's no longer has a job. So, like, it, it's kind of irrelevant at this point. Uh, lastly, Ben Jacobs, he kind of touched on what he had to say, just shows that it seems like this picked up pace pretty quick. Uh, you know, the fact that the club had put it out to the media that Potter was going to do the pre-match press conference on Monday. Um, and they put that out like earlier in the day and they, I think they said by about three o'clock things had started to shift and the discussions were like, no, actually, you know what? I think we should do this and here's why. Bully started to be on board uh, with those discussions as well. So again, like not that this just started happening. It sounds like from what I'm piecing together, the questions at least started coming around Southampton. And it finally today was just like, you know what? We we've dug through the data. We've kind of looked at the stuff. It's just, it's just too much. Just shows how quick things move, Nick. Yeah. I mean, could have done it during the international break. Completely wasted that time. But but clearly something today was the final straw. Yeah, and, and that's kind of like, I think when we were talking at, at post-Everton, we're like, it kind of feels like if something's going to happen, it's going to happen now or it'll happen in the summer, you know, just to like give yourself time to do it today, to have one working day before you play Liverpool on Tuesday at the bridge. I mean, God, God bless Bruno. 
that, that motherfucker has some work in front of him uh, in the next 24 hours. And, you know, you just, you, you got to get behind him. I, th- I think for the whole stadium that's going to be there, I'm not telling you what to do, but, you know, if you were one of those folks who wanted Potter out, then you better be extra hyped the other way for Bruno in because the team needs that support to even have a chance on this shorter notice. Uh, Bruno managing his first game versus Klopp managing his thousandth game. I mean, it's going to be a, a tough old slog for the guy. And on very short notice, uh, his former boss was just fired. And now he has to get this team to play Liverpool. So tough gig for, for our guy, Bruno. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take our last break. When we get back, we'll look at the club's options and uh, some of the people bidding, being linked with the job. So again, thank you to the sponsors and we'll be right back. Bet you didn't see this coming. Hope you're ready to hear editor Jake's voice for a while in the ads. <laughs> this time we're coming with Shady Rays. Kick off the new year with new gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and more. Shady Rays is a world-class sunglasses company independently built that'll have you thinking you're wearing some of the world's top brands that you already know with durable frames and extremely clear optics. Not only clear optics, but clear ethics as well, having donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. Something that we have done at London's Blue Podcast. So, and if you're worried you won't like your pair, they will exchange it, they'll give you a new pair, or you can return them for free within 30 days. And if you're worried you might break them, Thanks to Lost and Broken Replacements, you can get a replacement pair, no questions asked, anytime. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code LONDONISBLUE, all one word, all caps, for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's right, LONDONISBLUE, all caps, spelled just like the podcast, you know, the podcast you're listening to right now. You can see it in the title. All caps, one word, 50% off, two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try it out for yourself. The shade's rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Okay, uh, options for a replacement, whether it's uh, in the near term or in the summer. Uh, clearly, we've had a lot of discussion this season about the importance of a preseason. So mm-hmm. I think that will mm-hmm. definitely be taken into account as it stands. Mm-hmm. Um so Bruno Saltor uh, will be the short-term caretaker. Uh, I think, what'd you say up here, Dan? Uh, Billy Reed left, but Bjorn Hamburg and Kyle McCauley remain. And um, uh, uh, Barry's surely gone now, right? I mean, rumored to be yeah. in negotiation with Munich for his release to join Tuchel. Yeah. So not involved with the daily operations at the moment. Still not involved. Um, and then the club are doing due diligence on a number of candidates. Uh, I mean, this is like silly season all over, except for managers, Dan. Uh, again, our, our good friends, you know, tier one sources bringing us some uh, ideas, but the general consensus is nothing will be decided overnight. It will be a comprehensive review before a decision is made. So I think that kind of gives them some wiggle room, whether it's a week before Real Madrid or if it's this summer, um, they are promising it'll be in-depth before they do it. So what are some of the names uh, that are being linked with the uh, the hot seat at Chelsea? Well, 
just before that, so you, you effectively have until May 28th, which is the end of the Premier League season, or if we're manifesting the most why-not-us energy possible, you're getting into June for the Champions League final. So uh, just, you know, circle that date in your calendars. Uh, maybe maybe a fun day. Um, Nagelsmann seems to be the most popular name right now. Now, there's a, a wide spectrum of opinions on him. You know, he also just left a top gig to be replaced by none other than Thomas Tuchel. But he reportedly may want a little bit of a break in between where he was at Munich to getting some time to jump into the Chelsea job. Technically available now, but also word that maybe Bayern Munich might want some type of compensation for him. Though... When you're potentially getting money off the books in terms of money owed to an individual, it feels like the compensation, like, hey, we'll give you Anthony Barry now, whatever, like, here's a here's a, a make weight that makes everybody feel happy. Some indicating that he is the favorite candidate and potentially that at least some level of sounding out has occurred. And that could be agent uh agent check to see if they would be interested in such an opportunity if it were to be available and that could be as broad as hey an english team in the premier league that's won the champions league in the last few seasons might have an opening recently or in the near future would that be of interest to you if that were something that were afforded to you nick like it's it feels very early days with the conversation even though it does seem like some type of checking has occurred yeah i think i think before i speak on any of the candidates um as i was thinking of all these possibilities over the last couple of hours a uh, quote from uh, the james bond movie skyfall came to mind um and it's it's when james got the new quartermaster and they were kind of talking in front of the art exhibit and uh <laughs> J- james goes uh because you, it's the younger q because you still have spots uh, Q goes, my complexion is hardly relevant. James says your competence is. Q goes, the age is no guarantee of efficiency. And James goes, and youth is no guarantee of innovation. And I think that's where my head has gone, right? I think formerly our uh, knee-jerk reaction when replacing a manager would be to go and zag to the previous zig, right? So if you had a young, unproven manager, you go with an old, experienced head, right? Like that's just kind of how that world had previously worked for us. But I I do think that quote rings true. You don't have to be young to be innovative and you don't have to be old to necessarily have the right experience to take this sort of stuff on. And so... Uh, I, you know, I understand, you know, Nagelsmann, relatively young, someone like Enrique, more tested, Pochettino, somewhere in the middle, Ruben Amarim, a little bit, you know, more in the middle, probably. I understand why people would want to zig instead of zag. But for me, I, I do think that this club needs a steadying force and someone who's going to come in and just command respect and whoever can do that doesn't matter if they're young or old or have won the Champions League or not won the Champions League. 
that's what I'm looking for in the, in this person. So that is my criteria as we as we look at this, Brandon. Taking into consideration that the profile of players that the new uh, scouting department and technical staff are bringing in are young. I think we're around like 25 years of age for the average player, and that's mm-hmm. with 38 year old Tiago Silva in the lineup. He skews everything, and so not only that, they've got to be able to play progressive um football with young players put them in positions to succeed and grow into their best forms the the club have bought players that are not yet in their best form knowing that they will grow and evolve and reach that while at Chelsea and I think that's really important you know I I know Nagelsmann is considered a brilliant tactician um but I don't know if he forces players into those tactics or you know where it's like an Antonio Conte where we had to have wingbacks for his system to work. I'm just unfamiliar. But these are things that we need to call out and think about before we just say, I want that sexy name. And and it's super important. Like Just like Potter is not the only one responsible for the team's success or failure at Chelsea, it's important that this person has the right staff to do that development. Head coaches don't do the player-by-player development. It's the assistant coaches that do that every single day. And so you have to have the right staff in place, the right goalkeeping coach, right? The right assistant coaches, the right uh, video scouts and tactical brains to like go through and make this whole thing work. And yeah, uh, Nagelsmann, Pochettino, Enrique, Amarim, all these guys are the sexy name to, to look at. But it's it's far more about who they have working for them and who will be working with these players on a day to day basis. Can they communicate clearly? Right. If Potter couldn't communicate clearly, we need someone who's going to come in and go, hey, Roy, Roy Kent style. This is what we're fucking doing. We're playing four, four, fucking two, blah, 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 blah. Right. Like, oi, it's oi. shit. <laughs> you know, but I, I think that's really, really important here. It, it, it's. The person who gets sacked almost always in the subhead, it'll go, and Billy Reed has left the club, <laughs> right? A little small type at the bottom. Billy Reed's just as much responsible for the team's success and failure as Graham Potter is. It's, it's the situation they have to look at. Also, who's here? Enrique Lario's been around, but yet they brought another goalkeeper coach to be with, like, to your point, they have to assess what we have and what we need And what manager is going to complement those things? Because there are certain staff that don't leave with the manager that stay there. Fitness coaches, right? A lot of fitness coaches stay there. The goalkeeping coaches stay there. To your point, there's a lot of pieces that have to mesh. You can't just rip out and then replace. There are overlapping pieces. And and that's why it's hard to like just look at these things. I mean, Dan, it's easy to be like, oh, Poch, mm, Spurs, never won a trophy. Like, that's tough for me, right? But they say he builds a team. He develops players. He took a pretty bang average Spurs team and made it to the Champions League final. A ton of luck with Lucas Moore scoring a hat trick in the semifinal and stunning Ajax. Not the point. Luis Enrique, proven winner. Less so without Messi, but the point is he's going to come in and command. He's coached the Spanish national team. He will provide a level of quality that will be expected to be met by these players. Ruben Amrim, not a clue. We'll let you talk about it. And Nagelsmann, to me, he's a wild card. The Like, I laughed on stream. The only reason I went Nagelsmann, I want him on a three-month contract, and because I want Nagelsmann versus Tuchel, Chelsea versus Bayern in the semifinals of the Champions League. That would be the most epic shithousery of all time. Appointment viewing. Win and you're in. It would be... <laughs> 
<laughs> be be quite the quite the moment. Um, I mean, to be fair to Poch since he left. I mean, even though it was not a great performance, maybe by PSG standards, which is really like go out and do something in the Champions League. I mean, he did he did win the league with them, so he has a trophy to his name now in terms of a manager perspective, and not just runner up in uh, pretty much every p- category and capacity. Uh, I think he would come with a lot of baggage because typically ex non-performing Chelsea managers have gone to Tottenham. Non-performing Spurs managers don't usually come to, to Chelsea. So to have a little bit of a reverse experience there would be otherworldly for a little bit. I don't know if I could wake out wake up out of that for, for a while, but he's also available now. He's, he's likely, also been a, a name that's been mentioned with us forever, too. Yes, I mean, likely considered at the same time that Tuchel was appointed previously and potentially a top candidate for the Real Madrid job this summer. And so he's another one that, if you want him, you probably need to go make your case pretty quickly if he is in your top two to three. I, um, I would then, I, I wouldn't hold PSG against anyone recently in the last four years. That is so toxic there. I mean, it is an absolute disaster. So last that's PSG my manager to Chelsea worked really well. I mean, maybe, maybe PSG is the cleansing I think, fire. I think that's the point, right? Is that you can't hold PSG people accountable for PSG. It is just a disaster. You can you can with Spurs though. <laughs> you know that's a little different, right? Matt, it's look, a huge difference. Matt Law is going to have the scoop on that one because he covers Spurs too, and he says he has a personal relationship with with uh, Potch. So we will know in our next update if there's smoke and fire there uh, pretty quickly, which is nice. Um, Ruben Amram seems to be a bit of the hipster option. I mean, mm. talk to me a little bit at that. I feel like you and. Sam or Ollie have like had one-on-one private chats, Dan, about this guy and kind of what he brings to the table. He's at Sporting. They're walk or no, I think yeah, Benfica's walking the table. So obviously he has to do a lot with less resources. I think Sporting have always been known for bringing through top top quality. Obviously Bruno Fernandes came from there, Cristiano Ronaldo came from there, and it's a bit of a talent pipeline. Um, do you know much about him or maybe kind of like what he brings to the table? So, uh, you know, he went from, uh, Braga B to Braga, um, when they, and then has been at sporting since the 4th of March, 2020 to now, yeah, 148 games for them, 102 wins, 21 draws, 25 losses, 293 goals for, 125 goals against. So it's a goal difference of 168. Uh, I just can't even dream of a positive goal difference right now. It's a really interesting thought. Mm. Uh, and then a 89.2% win rate. Um, if you're talking about like style of play, he does tend to play with a back three. He does like wingbacks. So think of uh, Paraporjo and uh, Nuno Mendes would be two of the players. Obviously, Paraporjo, uh, Pedro Poro has gone to Spurs. So uh, that is something where, you know, that might fit with the complement of types of players that we, we have. So I think there's uh, a whole lot that we can kind of talk about with him, but he's also not out of contract. So that would likely be more money involved with uh, releasing him or getting him out of that right now would be a bit of a financial conversation. Yeah, he's won the league. He's won the League Cup, yeah. right? Um, for Sporting's first league win. First league title, 19 years. They, 19 years. With, with yeah. his appointment, yeah. 
So yeah, they won that last year, obviously. Um, and so, you know, he's won something, you know, it is not in the premier league, you know, so you have to factor that in, but when they played Arsenal recently, they absolutely shit house this, uh, newfangled Arsenal out of the Europa league, uh, on pens. And, uh, I saw the last half of that game and it was fucking hilarious and I absolutely loved it. They played with a grit and a personality that I really enjoyed. And I think that's kind of a fascinating option. He's 38 years old. He's 10 years younger than Graham Potter. Uh, so, you know, again, youth innovation, experience, age, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, a very, very interesting thought. I also like, I forget his name at Porto when we played Porto in the Champions League a couple of years ago that cat had a real style to his team too um oh yeah i mean anyone that can uh, get that far with um uh, uh what's his what's his name the center Conceição, back Sergio Conceição yeah, yeah he was he was really really talented they they were like the only goal in the knockout rounds against us except for Benzema so you know, they were tough. They were really tough to beat. Yeah, you got a Pepe in the back line. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Portugal is kind of the flavor of the, the year here in terms of players, league, whatever. So, I don't know. It's a really interesting option, though, for sure. They usually are. I mean, and credit to them. They've always been that kind of the up-and-comers. Um, so, we'll have to see what happens, guys. Look, we, as we said... We'll always go to people who know more than us. We will take some time to do our due diligence. I mean, we put out pushing four hours worth of content today alone. So, like, the conversation will continue to evolve. Um, and we'll get our friends on the pod to, to discuss some different things. But um, really quick, do you go experience or innovation? Uh, I mean, I think you have to go experience. You can't double down on innovation in my opinion, I, I think the standards dropped and players just need to be held accountable to higher standards. And you need someone to come in and, and say, this isn't good enough. And I just don't think we had that. So I think from a player's perspective, they need to be pulled back across the line and be like, Nope, do not cross. Do not go backwards. This is the new standard. Stay here. And we grow from there. I think that's what they need. So I think the only way you could Graham go. Potter let the kids stay up late and have pizza and ice cream. We need someone to give them some discipline, Dan. Yeah, you're 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 pivoting real hard on the uh, the babysitter choice that you're you're using here yeah. after uh, after some reports back. I think if you yeah, so like Emron probably doesn't fit the bill because of that scenario. However, if he were to win the Europa League, that would be a very interesting mm -hmm. upward kind of trajectory. Because I mean, you think about. I mean, Roma's still in it. United's still in it. Leverkusen's still in it. They're going up against Juventus, like taking out Arsenal. Uh, even though Juventus are not the Juventus of old, like their their route would show some good pedigree. But I just feel like it's going to be someone with more experience that is a appointment that will excite not just the players but supporters and also commercial advertisers and opportunities because you know it's bullies you know showtime blues and it's supposed to be hollywood and we are not giving them hollywood right now we're giving them direct to dvd <laughs> red box yeah i i think uh i think i would go experience with a bias towards scoring fucking goals um so if we can find one of those out there that would just be tremendous you literally um, just described carlo did i 
Did I just do that? Is that a thing that I did? I don't know. Some some say you might have. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I was reminiscing the other day on the Carlo Ancelotti years because we scored goals for fucking fun in those times. And yes, our defense was woeful uh, as well. But uh, we, we did win a league in an FA Cup double. Uh, so... You know, important to score goals. That is, uh, that's where my bias leans, and I and I do think, unfortunately, for the innovation side of the house, I I would go experience, and I think we were we were definitely all there for Conte's boot camp season. These players got to get fit, and they got to understand who's boss because he can't he can't continually just have player revolt, players unhappy, blah 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 like. At some point, it has to fucking stop. Yeah, and, and in for this instance, I would just say I don't think it was revolt, right? I just think he was too friendly with them, like almost looked at him as a peer rather than like the gaffer, the manager who could put the fear of God in them. There has to be a hierarchy of authority, and I think it doesn't Graham, have to be Conte, but right. it has to be. There, yeah, there, I, I think Graham just kind of blurred the lines too much, and with like a mid-table club like Brighton, who are definitely way ahead of us at this point in the table, um, but like those expectations, I think you can get along with that. What we do see with those other managers, you know, is that it's you you have to own the locker room. You know, the players who are like I will die for that manager, I will run through the wall. I don't think the players would do that. I think they would go play like putt putt with Graham. Or something like that. It's just it's just different. And he has a style. He will be successful. It just didn't work out at Chelsea. No hard feelings. All right. For the people again that are out there celebrating him and his coaching staff leaving, using derogatory terms to describe them, calling him clowns, you know, talking about their staffs being overweight, you're disgusting. Like there's two types of people who are gonna move forward with the club or those who are gonna just laugh and take pot shots at those who are no longer here. He's sacked, like Dan said earlier in the podcast, he's gone. All the best, we move on. We move forward because Chelsea succeeding is the only thing that matters to us here. So think really hard before you say dumb stuff, right? Let's focus on making Chelsea the best team possible, and that's where we should put our time and effort. Go start scouting managers. Go looking at reports. Go figure out things we can do to, to improve the club so we can have a better, smarter discussion and we'll get there. So we're going to do that. We're going to go out there. We're going to talk to people. We're going to get other perspectives. We're going to get people on the podcast to help us. But it's a new day. Whether you were grandpa or in or out, it doesn't matter. The sporting directors and the ownership group have made the decision. So uh, tomorrow, maybe it's today when you listen to this, Monday, it's a, it's a new dawn for Chelsea. And it's 100% focused on Champions League now. And that's what we have to do, Nick. It's that no, simple. No better way to get this thing started than by beating fucking Liverpool. So I'll tell you what they're, they are beatable that would be as an fuck. Incredible new manager balance, by the way, especially cause they're, 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 they're beatable. They're beatable as fuck. And if you beat them, what that can do for this team, I think, you know, again, they have to take it upon themselves. I, honestly, whoever the interim manager is, Bruno, whoever it's all up to the players. Now you've been through two managers this year. Two. And it's sad that Potter only got 30 minutes of N'Golo Conte in his whole tenure. <laughs> but I, you got you got these two games left. It's all on you. 
Go out and do it, and we'll be right behind you. Interesting litmus test, because Liverpool just lost to Real Madrid in the last round of Champions League. Massively. So it's also, again, a little bit of a litmus test for that upcoming. Uh, Liverpool have lost the last three between Champions League and the league. Uh, their last victory, though, was them smacking Man United. You just don't know what you're going to get from this team, right? And so good chance we need to go out there and uh, provide a surprise result. It would rally the fans. I think, obviously, a lot of people would be excited. So um, a lot of content out there. Head to YouTube, all right? Both podcasts are on YouTube. The live stream is like 30-some minutes is on YouTube. Um, we got podcasts on podcasts on podcasts. If you're enjoying this, please, again, you know, we kind of asked for it, but, like, the five-star reviews in Spotify and Apple Podcasts go a long way. If you've done Spotify, please go to Apple. If you've done Apple, please go to Spotify. It matters. Uh, it helps us uh, elevate this level of voice uh, amongst the clutter. So uh, we really appreciate that. Um, subscribe Dan, to YouTube. Yeah, Do subscribe it. to YouTube. Absolutely. Um, we even got super chats today. I wasn't even asking for them. So shout out to everybody who just threw money at us while we were live streaming. That was kind of cool. Um, Dan, we're going to go take a nap. Nick, good luck with the rest of your night. Uh, we mm. got a big week ahead of us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're going to be here through it all, covering everything. Um, Dan and I, our wives are out of town, so we got nothing but time. So we're all in for a couple of days. <laughs> it's almost like Chelsea planned it that way. Uh, I don't I like think how, that's the case. Yeah, I like how your wife even was like, emergency pod, question mark? She knew what was up. Veteran. Veteran move. She's been yeah. through many a sackings. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Thankfully Chelsea, not mine. <laughs> yeah, no, all good. All right, Chelsea fans, that is it for us. Uh, hell of a lot more content. Appreciate your support. You're all amazing. So until next time, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.